Let's give God praise for his marvelous blessing. The gift of music. And how we thank God, as I said this morning, and he said, thankful to share with my best friend in the preaching world, Dr. D.Z. Kofia. Come on, let's celebrate your pastor. Come on, let's really celebrate him. Come on, come on, 24 years. Amen. We, we feel the same way about each other. We will cut and shoot. Amen. And I carry a 66, but a 45. Amen. We thank God. Pastor Cofield means much to humanity, means much to this world. And it was my endeavor to share this morning that no matter what he or anybody for that matter is going through, God's got it. And uh, we know that he does. I see some of the St. John folk have slipped away. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, I can see through those lights. Amen. Nonetheless, we thank God. Shackled by a heavy burden. Y'all remember that? Beneath the load of guilt and shame but then the hand of Jesus touched me and now I am no longer I'm not the same. Do you know why? He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And oh, oh, the joy. Floods my soul. Oh, yeah. Something, something happened. And right now, I know he he touched me. anybody been touched by the Lord today he touched me and oh all oh, the joy that floods my soul 
When I was a boy, I didn't know what it was. They just said, something, something happened. And right now, I know. Anybody been touched? Don't fool me. Anybody been touched? He touched me. Yes, he, he touched me. Seven continents, seven oceans, seven colors in the rainbow spectrum, seven basic musical notes, seven stars in the Big Dipper, seven objects in our solar systems uh, that are visible to the naked eye, seven digits in your phone number without the prefix. Seven medals of antiquity upon which civilization is based. Seven distinct levels on the periodic table. Seven churches at Asia Minor. Seven days of the week. And God even did some good work when he put seven holes in your head. Two ears, two eyes, two nostrils, and a mouth. The Lord completes things in seven but the Lord begins things in eight so I'm thankful that on this day 2018 the Lord is preparing to do something new with Dr. D.Z. Cofield clap your hands and bless the Lord Truth of the matter is, is so unfortunate that this world has become a spiritual 
kindergarten where bewildered infants are trying to spell God with the wrong blocks. Yeah, Robinson says that and the truth of the matter is many of us think we know how to handle life until life begins to handle us. So many of us and I know you got on your church clothes, you probably won't say amen. But so many of us deal with the unfortunate frustrations of family life or the lack thereof. Some deal with the frustrations of being on a job where you're tolerated and not celebrated. The influx of bills and the decrease of finances. And no matter how churched we are, depression and suicide and all of those anxieties are real. The church must come to the grips with the fact that no matter how holistic we look, many of us are broken on the inside. Hurt is real. Denial is real. Neglect is real. And no matter where you come from, you may not be broken right now, but you've been broken before. My brothers and my sisters, oftentimes we begin to question the relevance of our lives and the significance of our lives in various situations. And we beat ourselves up and say, do I deserve a good family? Do I deserve a good husband? Do I deserve a good wife? Why am I always searching for love, giving myself, and yet I'm mistreated? Why do I go to work every day and I'm still broke? truth of the matter is, and you ought to catch this, in life, you have to go through breakdown and break up before you experience breakthrough. Somebody missed it. There are some things that you are still giving devotion to that God has pronounced a benediction. And we must learn that when God pronounces the benediction and has already buried various things in our lives, not to give them life again, not to resurrect them, not to speak life into them again when God says it's over. So before I even tell you what I'm talking about, you ought not get upset when people walk out of your life. You ought not get upset when you lose certain jobs. You ought to tell the Lord, thank you. And you ought to chunk deuce and say, arrivederci, adios, peace. Get to stepping. God's got something greater for me. I receive it. I'm prepared for it. I'm getting ready for it because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If you believe that, give God a shout. So I told you I like the number eight. 
And in Romans 8, there is so much here. Verse 1 makes me shout. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Now it may not make you shout because you have never acted up, but for the rest of us. The truth of the matter, I said many times, there are many people with skeletons in their closet. And then there are those of us who have cemeteries in our closet because we acted a fool and got so much to deal with. And then there are those who have fresh dead bodies because you had just acted a fool last night. Oh, but for the grace of God, there is therefore now no condemnation. I move from verse 8 to verse uh, verse 1 to verse 8 and it says they that are in the flesh cannot please the Lord that's why some people give up singing give up shouting give up praying give up working in the church because they are so fleshy when they sing I don't feel anything when they preach I don't feel anything because they are in the flesh but I move from verse 8 to verse 18 for I know I know in me dwells no good thing, but verse 18 says, I reckon that whatever I'm going through right now, that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. That's a shouting point right there. And it ain't in my sermon, but I ought to tell you that no matter what you're going through right now, it cannot last always. Then I move to verse 28. Verse 28 said, and we know, Gnosko, we know <laughs> that all things, that is the good things, that's the bad things, that's the ugly things, that's the pretty things, that's those things we had a good time doing, those things that we were hurt doing. And we know the pain and the suffering, the joy and rain, sunshine. Y'all don't know that, I know, but that's everything. And we know all things work together for the good of them that are called according to his purpose who love the Lord. Now if you know you got purpose and you know you have a calling and you know you love the Lord, it does not matter where you are in life. You can say, I ha I'm happy and I shout today because all things are working for my good. Do I have about 50 people in here who don't mind saying I'm thankful that things are working for my good? May not have a job today, but I'm looking for the next job. May not have any money in the account today, but I believe this evening it might come. All things work together for my good. But I, don't, I just, just want to talk about those things. The sermon is in verse 8 and 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God be for us. Who can be against us? If I had to give this a tag, I would call it, um, I'll tell you what, you just hashtag unbothered. Unbothered. That's an urban word for that thing that means I'm not tripping. <laughs> I'm not concerned. I'm not worried. I'm unbothered. And my brothers and my sisters, that's the way you've got to learn to walk through life. You have to be concerned about everything but worried about nothing. 
You have to trust that he who reigns, rules, and has regency, if he has the power to raise his son from the dead, then there is nothing that you can go through that God cannot handle. Some of y'all going to get it on McGregor 288. You have to learn that no matter what I've been through, no matter what my struggle, no matter what my hurt, no matter what my pain is, I am unbothered because God is on my side. And when God is on your side, you can handle any storm that happens in your life. And let me help some of you who believe that the preacher and the leaders in the church don't have a storm. We go through more hell than you can ever set your mind on because when you determine to give yourself to God that is when the devil gets busy in your life okay I'm in the wrong place but there are a few of us who don't mind saying I had trouble getting to church this morning the car wouldn't start your stocking start to run your cat start meowing your dog start barking the neighbor start acting a fool your husband start nagging your wife start cussing it just seemed as if everything tried to prevent you to getting to church this morning but you need to tell the devil Satan you can try what you want to but I'm unbothered I've come here this morning to give God a praise because I recognize that it is he who brought me it's he who taught me it's he who has kept me it's he who's never left me so I'm unbothered and I've come to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and to get into his courts with praise and be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good. I need about a hundred folk that don't mind testifying. I may not be where I want to be, but I'm unbothered because the Lord is good. And if the Lord be for me, who? I didn't mean to holler at you, but I got excited when I think about the things that God has already brought me through. And I look at my problems and I look at my Savior and I look at my problems and I look at my Savior. My Savior is to be magnified and my problems decrease because if God is for us. Ooh. Possibilities with God are unlimitless, unlimited possibilities. This verse implies, first of all, that there is the unfortunate potential of trouble. It says, if God is for us, am I right? What then shall we say? That, 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 that there's the potential for things to oppose us. But I, not, I must tell you, you cannot fight, fight what you're not willing to face. You better hear me this morning. You cannot fight what you're not willing to face. And so many of us cower in the face of adversity. But when you know whose you are, I'm trying to help somebody today. When you know who woke you up this morning. When you know who gave you whatever you have. 
You have to look at whatever that thing is that opposes you and opposes your productivity and say, I'm going to speak to you. See, you've got to learn if you talk to the devil, but I can't, I don't understand why people start praying to the devil and devil, we bind you and devil. Listen, I ain't got time to talk to the devil. I'm too busy talking to God, but I will talk to my problems and I will tell my problems because the scripture said, what shall you say to these things? So this is what I decided I'll say. I'm a winner and you're a loser. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm a lender and not a borrower. I am victorious and you have to have a sealy attitude. You have to have a color purple attitude as you look at your problems and you got to tell your problems. I know you say I'm ugly. I know you say I'm black. I know you mistreated me but everything you've done to me will be done to you. Do I have anybody in here with a sealy attitude who will say I'm tired of my pain and my addiction and my affliction beating me down but I'm looking at it and saying everything everything you've done to me you have to accept the harsh existential reality that things will seek to oppose your progress Listen, let me tell you, let me put this in Terrence Grant Malone form. If you don't have any haters, then you're not successful. Because success comes along with hateration. But you have to learn how to have a celebration and some jubilation in the middle of the hateration. You have to learn how to tell God, thank you for my haters because they kept me praying and they taught me how to trust and depend on God. There is the unfortunate potential of trouble. Secondly, there is the unwavering partner in trouble. If God be for us, what shall we say to these things? What you going to say to these things? What you going to say when you go to work in the morning to these things? How are you going to handle these things maybe when you go to your house? <laughs> if God. Now, uh, I like the way that the writer puts it because God is not for everything you say he's for. And there are a whole lot of us that blame a lot of stuff on God and God don't know what you're talking about. We hate people in the name of God. We mistreat people in the name of God. And I'm not talking about anybody. I'm just talking about those folks on the other side of the aisle from where I stand. They want to lock children up in the name of God, separate them from their parents in the name of God, declare that y'all ain't in the house with me. Got a woman who's in the Department of Education whose children have never been to a public school. She's never been to a public school, don't know anything about a public school, doing everything in the name of God, killing black men in the name of God killing black children in the name of God you can God is not for all of that foolishness if God is for you you must be for the right thing and then you have an unwavering partner in trouble you know Pastor Cofield and I get together at least twice a week every week uh, just about here is what I've discovered. I don't mind going anywhere with him. 
Two reasons. Number one, I know he can handle a bill. Amen. <laughs> Number two, because I don't ever want to go anywhere in any danger where my people not ready to fight if it goes down. Y'all not in the house with me. You see, you got to learn who you have in your circle. You can't have no cowards, no scary people in your circle. And some of you think I'm just talking about physically fighting. No, I'm talking about you need somebody that can pray for you. Somebody who will worship with you. Somebody who will be there in your tragedy and your triumph. Because people will always say, I'll be with you through the thick and the thin. But when things get thick, your people will get thin. But there is one who promises that he'll always be with you. You anybody know his name? I want to go into the battle with somebody who'll be there. He says, If God is for us, first of all, he's sovereign. Let the church say sovereign. That means he can do. Y'all don't know when to shout, man anything and I don't mean to sound like a cliche preacher but there are some of us who got houses we don't deserve to live in I knew you're gonna be quiet because you had good credit amen there are some of us who drive cars we don't deserve to drive there are some of us who sleep at night when we should be up because of the activity we have just participated in oh but the grace of God Anybody know anything about his grace? Don't fool me. This is where I interject, praise, break, shout, give him glory right here. Anybody know anything about God's grace? God's grace will reach you at your lowest point. God's grace will reach you when you're down and out. God's grace will reach you when you don't even know your name. My grandmama said it like this, amazing grace. How sweet the sound that He's sovereign. He's a sovereign companion. He's unwavering because he's sovereign. Secondly, he's unwavering because he's sufficient. You notice in the text is no little case G-O-D. But it's a capital G because he's the real God. And so many of us have made little gods out of little people. So when you get into trouble, you call on people to help you, but those people have no power. And you're wondering why you're in the same predicament you were 10 years ago. It's because you're still hanging with the same no good negative people. Change your company. Get from around people with a pity party and start hanging out with people who have praise parties. Change your company and tell folks, if you got negative vibes, I don't want to be around you. I don't need to be around you. I need to be with somebody who's going somewhere. He's a sufficient companion. He has a track record of coming out on the winning side. In most cases with God, it does not look like he's going to win. But he always wins. Are you with me? I said this morning, I'll say again, if you understand the plan of God, 
It's not his plan. And if his plan makes sense to your carnal, natural mind, it's not his plan. Because God's plans to mankind does not make sense. What do you mean? He was born of a virgin. And Joseph didn't do nothing to her when he, she's come talking about the Holy Spirit impregnated me. It doesn't make sense. But God's plans can only be understood by a mind that is in Christ Jesus. He's sovereign, he's sufficient, and finally, he's a steadfast companion. Trouble does not cause God to flee, but he looks in the face of trouble and he starts to ask questions like, oh death, where is your sting? Oh grave, where is your victory? He does not flee. He is uh, an unwavering partner. And finally, he is an undefeated, undefeated partner in trouble. He has the answer for all of your agonies. He has the balm for all of your bruises. He has the cures for all of your cares. He has the deliverances for all of your dilemmas. What can we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? I'm going to leave you where I began this morning with our 8 o'clock worship. I grew up in Beaumont, Texas. In the Pear Orchard of Beaumont, Texas, which I said this morning, I never knew it was the Pear Orchard because we call it the Pear Orchard. In Beaumont, Texas, I lived at 2950 South 8th Street, what some would call a housing project. Other of us, others of us just called it home. I lived where we could borrow milk, cheese, and butter. Well, you can get a cup, some of y'all don't know nothing about it, I understand. Well, we can get a cup of sugar from the next door neighbor. I lived where we didn't have a George Foreman grill, but we would take bologna and put it on the stove and the ends of it will curl up and get crispy. I grew up where we had that government cheese. I told you, you can keep your Velveeta. That government cheese makes some good grilled cheese. It makes some good lasagna. It makes some good macaroni and cheese. I grew up in Beaumont, Texas. And when I would walk to the store, I grew up going to a store where my grandfather would say, go down and tell Mr. Perry, you need $2 worth, $2 worth of press ham. I don't know if y'all know nothing about that. Get me $2 worth of press ham, $2 worth of cheese, put it on the books and tell him I'll pay it at the first of the month. Anybody in the house with me? That's the way I grew up. And while on the way to the store, there were two boys whose names I won't call. They may be watching the streaming this morning. <laughs> Those two boys would try to fight me every time. And listen, on my way to the store, I would try to look for them and they'd be hiding in the crevices. I didn't want to have to deal with them two boys. 
Because every time they saw me, they would put a blade of grass on my shoulder and knock it off and then put a blade of grass on their shoulder and say, if you're bad, knock it off. It stayed on their shoulder. But one day, I'm getting out of here, y'all. I got 11 minutes. I'm going to give you about, about 10 of them back. One day, I got sick and tired of being defeated by my opposing force. And I decided I wasn't going to be defeated like that anymore. So I had a cousin by the name of Jeffrey. (laughs) Jeffrey was bigger than me. Jeffrey was badder than me. Jeffrey had been fighting longer than me. Jeffrey was tougher than me. And so Jeffrey and I had devised a plan. And this is where I get happy. Who can separate me from the love? It's in the text. And I want us to understand that blood is what had Jeffrey and I together. Blood is what brought you and Jesus together on a hill. So Jeffrey, Jeffrey hid behind a tree. And they didn't have this song, but had they had it back then, I would have been singing. Nook, if you buck, what? Nook, if you buck, uh, nook. Or I would have been singing, who you with? Uh, uh, who you with? (laughs) Y'all too saved to know that, praise God. I'm an alpha man, amen, pray for me. So Jeffrey hid and I threw my shoulders back. I had my chest out. I was really prepared. They put that blade of grass on my shoulder and I knocked it off myself. (laughs) They put a blade of grass on their shoulder and I looked at them. I said, what you gonna do? (laughs) You know, when you got some help, you'll begin to talk noise. (laughs) And so, By that time, they started walking up on me. They had outnumbered me. They were stronger than me. There were more of them than it was me. But can I tell you what happened? I don't want to hoop, but it kind of seems like I'm getting ready to. Can I tell you what happened? Just about the time when those boys drew their fists back. Jeffrey walks out and says, he belongs to me by the blood. That is my blood, cousin. And if you want to touch me, you need to touch. If you want to touch him, you got to touch me first. And all I come to tell somebody this morning is the reason you can face anything in life 
is because thou was a man sent from Cal glory. His name is Jesus, and he is there to protect you no matter what you go through. So you need to learn to tell the devil anything you want to do to me, you got to go through my elder brother. Anybody know his name? Can I go old school for a minute? He was born in Bethlehem, reared in Nazareth, baptized in the Jordan, prayed at Gethsemane, and died on Calvary. But the reason he can fight my battle is because early Sunday morning he got up, y'all, with all power in his hand. I didn't mean to do this, but when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, won't he fight your battle? Won't he stand by your side? Won't he give you the victory? I need about 50 more people who don't mind getting on your feet and said every time I turn around, he keeps on making a way for me. Every time I turn around, he keeps on opening doors for me. I need about 50 more people who don't mind standing on your feet saying, yeah, I was young, but now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. Is there anybody here who will celebrate with me? Won't he do it? I said, won't he do it? Won't he do it? Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Yes. It is no secret what God can do, what he's done for others. He'll do for you. He'll fight your battle if you keep still. Is there anybody here who can say yes? Yes. I know he will. Won't he do it? Open up your mouth and give him a shout. If you got the victory, give him a shout. stuff but you ought to just tell somebody I'm unbothered tell about two more people I'm unbothered I'm, I'm unbothered I'm not tripping I don't care what the world does I'm unbothered I know you got people who can handle things in high places
you can have this whole world but give me Jesus I see your tears this morning you can have this whole world but give me Jesus You can have this whole world But give me Jesus I've been with him for a little while 24 years you No turning back No turning back Clap your hands if you're victorious In Jesus name Amen